You are listening to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast with host Kevin Jefferson. This is the number one podcast for African-American real estate professionals who are doing extraordinary things. It's time to tune in. And now, your host, the people's lender, Kevin Jefferson. Kevin Jefferson. Welcome to the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. And today, our guest is none other than Mrs. Shahida Hill. How are you, Shahida? Hey, good, Kevin. Doing good today. That's Thank you for good. having me. That's good. This is going to be an amazing episode. So get your pen, pads out, recorders, whatever you need, and continue <laughs> to watch it because you're going to get a lot of great information. Um, from Shahida. Shahida, tell us about who you are. Okay, who is Shahida Hill? So, um, number one, I've been re- I've been licensed since 2003. I got my real estate license after leaving a marketing job. And when I bought my first house, um, when I was 23, I was like, you know, and this is what happens a lot. You see the check <laughs> that the agents get at closing. And you're like, I can do this. So I quit my job shortly after I got licensed and I started doing real estate full time in 2003 to 2005. Now, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I thought it was easy. Like a lot of agents think it's easy when they first start out. You're just going to find some clients. You're going to buy a house. And a lot of people think also when you this is what I thought. I signed up with Remax and I was like, I'm signing up with Remax. They're going to give me business. And I was young and uninformed. And they didn't give me business. So I was basically closing, pay my bills, closing, pay my bills. Like, so I was at a point where I was like almost dependent on a closing to make, you know, it wasn't like I had all these closings in the pipeline, as they call them. It was literally, you know, closing to paying my bills. And so I decided to substitute teach because substitute teaching and real estate kind of go together because you don't have to be on a schedule. You could, you know, substitute one day, not substitute the next day. I love substituting in elementary school because they're on a schedule and they do whatever you say. Um, In high school, you could just sit at the desk and not do anything because they don't want to talk to you. (laughs) You don't want to talk to them. You just give them the worksheet. So it's easy money, especially if you didn't have any like a job to do that day. Um, But because real estate, I was at one school in particular in um, DeKalb County and that that school needed a business teacher. So I had a decision to make, Do I still pushed forward on real estate, which I really didn't know what I was doing, or should I go to the stable, although less money, go to the stable teaching um, job. And so I decided to do teaching. I kept my real estate license, but at that point in 2005, I started to teach business education full time. And so that's how I got to real estate and education. And I taught on and off, had kids, you know, took off, all of that. And then in, I mean, bring you all the way full circle to about 20, 2016, I had let my real estate license lapse um, because I was teaching during that time. I was thinking about becoming a principal. I had got my master's in business education. And so I had let everything lapse. And my husband and I were going to buy a house and I have a really good friend that's also a realtor. That's kind of how I got into real estate in the first place um, back in 2003. But and I called her and I said, um, you know, she's my best friend. I called her and said, I need you, I want to buy a house. We're going to get a new house. I want you to represent me. And then she said, Shahida, just renew your license and, <laughs> and represent yourself. Like, why would you like pass on that commission? And at the time, I just I was teaching still. I had two young children. 
And I was like, I just don't feel like, you know, doing the things I needed to do to get my license reactivated. So, but I did it because I was like, okay, that makes sense. I went ahead and um, renewed my license in 2016 while I was still teaching. Trying to make this as short as possible. (laughs) I renewed my license while I was still teaching. And then from there, like, here I am, honestly, because at that point, I always knew I wasn't going to teach forever. Either I was going to become a principal to make more money, basically, or I was going to do something else in entrepreneurship. And my real estate license, I already had reactivated it and did everything I needed to do. Then I started taking on more and more transactions. And I was doing them both together until I was like, you know, talk to my husband and said, I'm ready to quit um, teaching and do real estate full time again. Gotcha. So what was it that made you jump? Because a lot of people say they want to jump at a certain point, but what made you actually go ahead and do it? Okay, so I had quit my job before. (laughs) So I quit my teaching job before. Um, And what year was that? Probably I said 2016, I got my license again. Say 20, um, my daughter was born in 20. 13. I quit in 2013 and I had an infant child. Don't quit when you have small children. Let me say that. Don't quit when you have small children. So I had a two-year-old and like a six-month-old and I quit teaching at that time to start. People in Atlanta might be familiar with it. I started South Fulton Lifestyle Magazine. It was a magazine focused on South Fulton County. Um, And I started that for about a year, but it was a lot to do. So I'm starting something new. Don't start something new when you have a new baby. And you have small kids. That's just because you have to, it's like having two babies at the same time. And who's going to get your attention? The real child, right? Right. So, um, so that I took off for a year and I saved at that point, I had saved about $10,000, like not a lot of money to quit your job, but I quit my teaching job. We had like $10,000 saved and I was like, I'm quitting two babies, whatever. And we still kept them in daycare. And so a lot of the financial pressure was on my husband at that time because I was like, let me quit. I got these two kids. I want to start my own business. I want to whatever. And so a lot of the financial pressure was on him. So when it didn't work out, I sold the magazine at the end of a year and I said, you know, I'll go back to teaching. Right. But in the back of my mind, I always said, I'm going to quit again. But here's his husband looking at me like, you going to quit again? So this time I told him that I didn't just quit. I went from full-time teacher to part-time teacher to full-time real estate agent. So I like, I stepped it down slowly, primarily for his benefit to see that this could be, because when I quit for the magazine, I kind of just quit without a, a good game plan in place. So I wanted to make sure that he had faith that I was going to be able to um, still make money during this time, enough money. So instead of saving 10,000, I saved 30,000, 30,000. I went from making 70,000 teaching to 35,000 part-time and I was doing real estate at the same time, part-time teaching and then real estate at the same time. So I think you have to do it with a plan in place. I'm, you know, really lucky because I have another income in my house. I know a lot of single parents can't do the same thing. They might have to save even more money um, to make something like that happen, but you just have to have a plan in place to make it happen. Gotcha. So what year was this? So then this is 20 in 20, 2019, 2020 school year. I was, I was teaching part-time. Okay, cool. And at any point did your real estate not go as planned and you were thinking about going back to teaching? 
Not, no. Well, no, because at that point, it wasn't that I needed to make 70,000 or 100,000. In my mind, I wanted to at least make what I was making part-time because I knew we could live off of our part, my part-time income. So in my mind, I said, I, I can sell seven houses a year. Like, you know, and I guess I was doing like seven houses, 7,000. At that time, my average price point was 250,000 about. And so I said, if I sell seven houses, I can make what I make part-time. So I knew that we could survive very well off of me working part-time. Gotcha. So that was 2019, 2020. And I was confident that I convinced my husband, I could sell seven houses. If I could do it part-time, you know, or if I could do it while I'm working full-time, if I was, if I was working full-time and selling that amount, if I, I knew I could do it if I was full-time. And then, you know, over time, him seeing it, he said, oh yeah, you could do it. So gotcha. that's what happened. So at this time, how were you getting your clients? Okay, good question. So at this time, okay, I paid for Zillow. Okay, basically it was family and friends at first, right? Family, friends, your sphere of influence, people that already knew me. And now they knew that I was back in real estate. So family, friends, my connections. But I knew because, you know, I still remember 2013, you know, not having any business. I remember my broker told me at the time, if the only person that's hiring you is family and friends, you're not in business. Mm. And he said that to me and I was like, I guess I'm not in business because at the time I wasn't getting, people that didn't know me weren't hiring. So, and I kind of always remember that in my head. So I said, okay, I know I have my sphere and I know some people can live off their sphere if they have a big sphere of influence, but I knew I couldn't. So I had to get some kind of outside people that didn't know Shahida how can I get them to know me, um, to know me? So what I did first was Zillow, because Zillow was huge back then. You know, Zillow, everybody was going to Zillow to find their house. Uh, people in my brokerage, they were advertising on Zillow. I didn't know how much Zillow cost. So I just called and I said, well, um, Zillow, how can I sign up to be part of this? And they had all these payment plans. You got a you know, percentage of the market, a percentage of a zip code. And so I said, what's your cheapest plan <laughs> that I could buy? Remember, I'm still teaching, you know, part-time. I said, what's your cheapest plan that I could buy? And at the time they said $500 a month. And it was like less than 10% of the zip code that I live in. It was very small. Um, and I paid for it for one month. I said, let me try it for one month for $500 and see how many clients I get. And I got zero um, that first month. And I forgot to, um, I got calls, but a lot of them were like, I'm looking for a rental property. I'm looking for this. They weren't serious buyers. And then the second month, just because I forgot to cancel it in time, it rolled, <laughs> rolled over to the second month. So I wound up paying Zillow a thousand dollars. I got one lead. I got one legitimate signed buyer's brokerage agreement, but they wound up not working out. They were pre-approved for like 125. They wanted like the moon for this 125. So I couldn't, you know, it didn't match up. So I did get one client from Zillow for $1,000 that never closed. So I had to figure out another way. And at that time I was, you know, Googling like what works. So Zillow didn't work, what else could work? And I saw agents on YouTube and Tom Ferry for the most part talking about get on video, get on video. And one thing I wasn't scared of, when you teach in front of high school students for, you know, at that point, 13 years, they drone you out. They talk about what you're wearing. They talk about how you look. They talk about if you mess up in front of them, <laughs> they'll drone you all day long. So I wasn't scared of video. Like I said, okay, what, what's the worst that can happen? 
um, I'll go ahead and start doing videos. So I started doing videos in on YouTube in 2019. Okay. And how at that point, how often were you doing videos on YouTube? Um, I said, because this is what everybody said on YouTube, to try to do the once a month. So um, not once a month, sorry, once a week, once a week. So what I would do is I put the kids to sleep because um, remember, I'm working at this point. I'm still working during the day, but I would put the kids to sleep and I would film my videos like at nine o'clock at night. So at nine o'clock at night, I set up my little corner. I have a guest bedroom. That's still where I film right now, actually. So I have a guest bedroom that's, you know, the only bedroom on my main level. And so it was away from everybody and away from like, you know, noise. And um, I filmed my videos there and they weren't at first, they weren't all that great. And so I had done some random videos, different places. But when I got really serious about it, I got a light, like I ordered an Amazon light. Um, because again, I'm making them at night, so I can't do sunlight. So I had to get a light, a tripod, and I already had a phone. I didn't have any fancy cameras. And a lot of people ask me this, the first two years or one and a half years of my videos were all on my Android Samsung phone. So I didn't have anything fancy. I had a tripod and had a light in my Android. I'm an Android. Hi, everybody. I'm an Android. Majority of people are Android, even though I get joined for it. Big time Joan in high school. If you have an Android and you're a teacher, you are lame, lame, lame <laughs> to, to students. So, and, and, and if the students had an Android, they're trying to hide that they have an Android. But um, yeah, so on my Android phone, that's where I filmed um, my first videos. Gotcha. So at this point, what was the reaction to the leads were you getting leads from your videos on youtube no not not at first not at first so at first i wasn't getting any leads i would do videos i'm trying to think of the videos i would do atlanta real estate market what's happening in atlanta um i would do just atlanta videos you know just general atlanta videos um and then it wasn't until i did a video at the time um georgia had a the georgia dream program it was a down payment assistance program that was giving $15,000 um, to first-time home buyers. And the best thing about it was you didn't have to pay the money back as long as you lived in the house for five years. So they were giving you $15,000 as long as you lived in the house for at least five years, it was fully forgiven. So that was a big deal. And I didn't really know about the program until another agent had told me about it. And then I Googled it and I you know, looked at it on YouTube to see if people had videos about it. And there were a couple of agents with videos. There were two agents with videos. And um, one of the agents that had a popular video, she looked like she was on her cell phone, but she was like, ran, like she wasn't planning on doing it. It was kind of like, hey, 15,000, Georgia Dream, you should get this money or whatever. And then I, should, I said in my mind, I could do a better video than that. And so I sat down that night and I wrote it out and I did a Georgia Dream $15,000 video. And... When I, I didn't even know about the YouTube algorithm at that time. I didn't know anything about anything. So I just, I just said, I, I could do a better video than that. So I sat down and I did that video. And that's when I got my first lead from that video. And it's so funny. And I found her a house for $97,000 moving ready back in 2019. Um, so I did find her a house. She called me off that video. Plus, the, she got it for $97,000 plus the $15,000 down payment assistance. So it was like a huge win. Um, but, and I said at, at the time I said, well, how'd you find me? He said, I saw you on YouTube 
and you look professional and you look like you knew what you were talking about. So I called you. Wow. Okay. So that's your first lead. And so that's my first lead. And I was like, oh, so it, it put to me that people, she found me only by looking on YouTube. So what if I doubled and tripled it? Because people were saying, you know, marketing said, if something's working, make sure you like light that fire. Like if it's working, double down on it. So I doubled down on that. And I did anything that somebody would ask me or had a question about Georgia Dream. I did like 10 Georgia Dream videos. The interest rate for Georgia Dream. Um, how you qualify, the credit score. I did a Georgia Dream checklist at this time so people could download the checklist. So I built my email list. So I had a Georgia Dream checklist. I had how to get the money. I did like a case study video on on the client that I had. So now they're like, oh, Shahida Hill is the Georgia Dream expert. And in my mind, I was like, okay, if, if you put in Georgia Dream, you would see Shahida, 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 at least five times. So if somebody was looking for Georgia drink or down payment assistance in Georgia, guess who they were going to see? And not just one video, they were going to see like seven videos from me. So if they were going to call anybody, if they were smart, they would call me. Right. And so, so I was inundated in Georgia, people that wanted to do Georgia drink. And the good thing about that is, at least at the time, but we weren't in this market that we're in, is that even if they couldn't qualify for Georgia dream, I knew that they wanted to buy a house. So it was like, oh, you don't qualify for Georgia Dream. You make too much money. Here's another lender, another option for you. And I, they were still one of my clients. Got you. So how many deals? So we're talking 2019, 2020, right? Yes. How many deals do you think you closed in 2019, 2020 that came from your YouTube channel? Maybe 40. Wow. And then at the time, in that year, 20. 2019, 2020, um, they were all come from YouTube. And I got so overwhelmed by it. Because remember, I still have, I just keep on talking about these kids. They, this, these kids <laughs> and this husband take a lot of my time. And it got so overwhelming. Because remember, I had my, I was talking to you earlier, I had my cell phone out there. I had like my email, my cell phone. I didn't have any systems in place. I didn't know about Calendly at the time. It was in my videos, I would say, and call me at 404. And I would just, you know, say, call me. So they were calling me and they were leaving messages and they were doing, you know, so it got so overwhelming that I started referring it to other people in my brokerage. Wow. So it could have been 70 if I had, if I, <laughs> if I had systems in place, but I had no system. Basically they called me and I said, you want to buy a house, but it wasn't, you know, later I put like calendar for a buyer consultation. I put like all of these things in place, but at the time it was just, Hey, I saw you on YouTube. I want to buy a house. And I would have a conversation with them. So at this point, do how many followers do you think you had? Not a lot. I would say that video had like thousands of views. So maybe like 3000 views. But I would say my channel might have only had 500, less than a thousand subscribers. So I wasn't getting paid. Got you. So in your in your opinion, What's more important, subscribers or views? Definitely views. Definitely views. And views are more important because people may see your video and act on that video and never subscribe to you. So everybody that saw my Jordan Green video, they were like, let me hit subscribe. They might have seen my video and said, oh, I need to call her. And then they call and they never subscribe. So 
if you're trying to get paid from YouTube, they pay you on views, not subscribers. And if you're trying to um, get business, it's really views over subscribers. I would focus on getting people to watch your videos versus on versus getting people to subscribe to your video. Like subscribe subscription is mo- almost secondary. Gotcha. So you figured out I'm getting 40. I've gotten 40 deals from YouTube. Yeah. What's the next action after you figured out that YouTube was your sweet spot? Okay, let's talk, talk about COVID. Because remember, I'm still teaching. <laughs> to, okay. I taught, yeah, I taught, um, I taught from 9, 9 a.m. to 11.30. That was my schedule. But I picked my kids up from school at 2.30. That's what I didn't really <laughs> calculate. So it was like, okay, I'm working part-time, but really I'm like buying two hours of my time. So, um, so when COVID happened, March 2020, remember, I've been inundated with all this stuff. Like, I'm basically answering emails from my clients while I'm teaching. I taught computer science and entrepreneurship at the time. And it was overwhelming. So when COVID happened and they said they were closing school, I was like, yes, it's the best <laughs> thing ever. Before I knew exactly what COVID was. What meant. Yeah, I was like, we're closing school? It happened. I'm, when I say it happened at the exact right time, it happened at the exact right time. Um, because now I can take clients out during the day because, you know, and my husband was a teacher, so he's home with the kids. Now I could be like a full-time real estate agent because even though the kids were home, I can go. So March, 2020. And the other thing I was still teaching, I was still on the payroll of Cobb County schools. Um, however, they said, they told the high school students, these 15 and 16 year olds, you can keep your grade that you had when you left school. Um, so you can keep your grade or, and not do anything else. So my court, my students went from like 60 students to like 10 because those 10 students, those are the ones that wanted to improve their grade. So I didn't have as much work to do, um, after they made that announcement, um, that you couldn't fail anybody, their grade couldn't be any lower than when they left your class in March. So that was like a weight off my shoulders. Now my class is like 10 people. Um, I'm already teaching computer science. So, you know, everything's online anyway. So I really dedicated a lot of time to YouTube at that time and the current clients that I had at that time. So I hope that answered your question. It did. It was, you know, that made me, oh, now I have time and I didn't come back to work. Like I never came back to work after that. Gotcha. So what did you do to increase your subscribers first? Okay. So. I saw that this was working and I was getting all, you know, a good amount of business, but I'm looking at these other YouTube channels and I'm like, okay, so how do I get, and at this time, like I said, I was probably, I was probably over a thousand by March um, because I got my first YouTube check for about $200 in maybe February of 2020. Hold up. How'd that feel? That felt good. When I say that I knew nothing about how I knew you got paid from YouTube. But I didn't know exactly how it works. I never researched it. And so um, when they so you do have to set it up. So at that point, I did know okay, I have to have a thousand subscribers, four thousand hours of watch time. And I think they send you an email or something like you reach the threshold. If you want to start monetizing your videos, then, you know, sign this form, sign up for AdSense. You have to do a few signups. And once I did that, like my first check came in for like two hundred dollars. I was that's kind of what picked on. <laughs> My head. I'm like, okay, so if I have $200 and I have like 2,000 subscribers, what if I had, you know, 100,000 subscribers? 
So then I moved from out of, oh, Shahida, you know, doing the, the first time home buyer Atlanta, right? To, oh, why can't I take this nationwide? So my next video that I did was how the best down payment assistance in every state. So that was my video that took me out of Atlanta and put me on like a national stage. Wow. So in terms of the monetization part, what, what made it click? Because, because what you think works doesn't necessarily make them subscribe. Like you say, you have videos where you have 500 subscribers and 3,000 views, what right. turned those viewers into subscribers? Like, I know you, because those people could view those down payment assistance videos, but that doesn't mean they sub- subscribe. So was there an action, a call to action that you had? I mean, I would ask them to subscribe, but I would ask them to subscribe in my other videos. I would say, please like and subscribe to my channel. And the thing is, they have to have a reason to come back to you. Okay. Because if I'm going to subscribe to something, so say that I watch one video on Netflix, right? And I like that video. I would have to want other videos on Netflix in order to subscribe to you. I have to find value outside of that one video. And so it wasn't until I made other videos for first time home buyers, because that, that, at that point, that was my audience. My, because my videos were first time home buyer videos, like, or they were down payment assistance videos for first time home buyers. That was my audience. So I had to give that audience something to come back for because if I just had this one video saying, oh, how do you get the best down payment in every state? I don't need you anymore, Shahida. Thank you for the information. Goodbye. Right. So then I said, "Okay, I need to build a library of content that will keep you coming back, keep you coming back. So that's what I did. My next video was NACA because people love NACA until they get into NACA and realize what a headache it is. So my next video was, let me talk about the good and the bad of NACA. That was my second video to blow up. So it was best down payment in every state. Then the next video that got me the most subscribers was NACA. And so now I'm going to start talking about anything that a first-time home buyer wants to know. I'm going to have that content. So now I give you a reason to subscribe because you don't want to miss something that I have that I'm going to put put out. Got you. So in terms of If we're talking, so as we're talking now, you're at like 81,000 subscribers. Yes. And I would say that I I, I Googled, I was trying to Google yesterday, like, like what is, am I like going to the top, you know, realtors on YouTube, not just like real estate channels, but realtors. And I feel like I'm in like the top 10, at least I would, I would think um, that's talking about like a female realtor, a female realtor sidebar so i've asked a few youtube people yeah, and they okay. told me you should interview shahida hill that's <laughs> oh, what they that's told nice me to like yes. <laughs> I, they could have been the interview and they right. was like you should be interviewing shahida <laughs> hill and i found you during the pandemic but for some reason i guess i don't know why i didn't know you were in my area oh because i don't talk about it like i, right. I rarely say that i'm in atlanta unless somebody and I stopped doing that so people could see me more on a national stage and an Atlanta realtor. But yeah, I don't mention that I'm in Atlanta unless somebody asks. They'll like ask in the like the comments, where are you? Where, you know, are you in Texas? People ask me where I'm licensed at all the time. I need to get a license everywhere, but I'm not. <laughs> right. And um, 
so I I looked it up. I was like, let me see. Oh my shoes, right? If you, if you could spell my name, like you have to try. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back to YouTube to find how to spell it correctly. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> a funny story, yeah. I was at the funny story. I was in Publix, like getting lunch for my kids at like nine thirty at night in Publix, and somebody goes Shahida Hill. And I'm looking like, um, and I have my mask on, like my sweatshirt, sweatpants. And, but if you say my name correctly, I know you know me versus if you don't know me. But he was like, oh yeah, what? I'm Shahida Hill getting you over the hill to home ownership. <laughs> and I was like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and so it's so funny that at first I wasn't going to name my, this is another thing. I wasn't going to name my channel Shahida Hill because I thought it was going to be too hard to spell if somebody was looking for me. So my, the original name of my channel was The Real Realtor. And when I realized you couldn't brand realtor <laughs> because like they own that word, I changed it to Shahida Hill Real Estate. And I figured, OK, I have to become famous enough where they'll have to know how to spell my name. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So so we're in the we get the two hundred dollar check and we're yes. like, OK, click. Click. There's an opportunity for more if I'm just doing local to Georgia. Yes. At what point did you start to see steam on your page in terms of was it you were you starting to get more views? Was it more subscribers? Like, how did it just grow? Okay. Because when we're looking at the time now, let's say in 18 months you've increased your following by 80,000 people. Yes. Okay. So um, I think it primarily was serving my audience and I was going to serve them. So number one, I'm still, people are surprised that I still read my own comments. They're like, are you, is that actually you? Like, I don't have like a, a VA and a lot of agents or a lot of YouTubers get to the point. They're like, I'm not reading my comments on my own. They get a virtual assistant to read their comments for them. Like every morning I read my comments and I actually, that's me responding to them. And the reason why I do that is so I can get, they watch the video and then they come back with these questions like, well, what about this? Or what about that? That becomes my next content because now my audience is like Shahida number one is listening to us and Shahida understands us. So it's like, okay, let me go by. And plus I've had, I don't know, I need to track the data. A lot of people come back to me and say, I bought a house because of you. I bought a house because I watched your video on this. I didn't think you, I, you know, um, I would ever buy a house until I saw your videos. You explain things in such a way that I understand them. So I built like a community. Say something about me on that channel. Guess what? They're going <laughs> to start attacking you because I built a community that they know that number one, I care. I've had my sister who was single mom um, that used to invest Atlanta to buy her first house. I, I interviewed her on there. I talk about my mom who bought her first house when she was 40. Like, so they built this connection with me that, you know, they know that they can trust me and they know that I care because even if, if there's something I don't know, I figure it out and go back to them and respond to it. So the community that I built, built um, they support me and that, that and they subscribe to me and because I'm serving I'm bringing value to specifically what they want to hear um and that's why I think that I've grown so quickly because a lot of people are not doing that in my same space got you so what is 
I think I know, but what is your niche for your page specifically? Okay, my niche is first time home buyers. Okay. And they're first time home buyers, generally first generation first time home buyers. And people make it under $100,000 because, and I say that because those are people most likely to want to get down payment assistance because everybody's a first time home buyer at some point. Um, but there's some people that have the money and have the means. And there are some people that are like in between. 100,000 may seem high. But, you know, that's kind of the cap that I put it at to say, okay, if I'm a two family household, maybe I have student loans, maybe I have some bills, you're still, I mean, might need some assistance. You may not have that much savings. You may not have, you know, that many things laid in place, especially if you have a large family. So I, that is my focus for people that are considering down payment assistance, first time home buyers and first generation first time home buyers and everything that that person um, would need to know to be in, this is kind of my catchphrase that I've trademarked since um, I started saying it, is that um, for you to confidently buy your first home. And confident means, so a lot of people get it, are nervous the whole time, right? Um, so I kind of make the whole thing plain so they'll be confident first-time home buyers. Gotcha. So in doing that, like, I'm, so it sounds like the comments that you're in every morning gives you your content. Yes. For a, a large part of it. Large, large part, part of it. it. Yes. Because I know what they don't know. And I know what fears they have. I know what I know their fears. I know their confusion. I know all of that. So like that becomes my content. Got you. So how often are you uh, posting videos now? Um, I'm either two days a week or three days a week. So I would like to do three days a week, but I think I'm going to start another channel, um, for agents. Um, and I'll post this somewhere in this is, um, your video, but so right now, two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. And, and, say one more thing, and as needed. So if there's relevant content to my audience, I would break out and do it same day. Got you. Got you. So two days a week, and how far in advance do you plan your content? Um, sometimes that week. Sometimes <laughs> that week. I don't have like a set schedule. I would like to do monthly um, where I kind of plan, kind of have an overview. I do have an overview of what I'm going to do for the month. I would say that. But sometimes it does change. Sometimes based on the comments, like when Zillow... Um, when Zillow stopped buying homes, I had to stop and make a video about Zillow stopping buying homes. And it wasn't like I said, oh, Zillow stopped buying homes. I said, you know, my my title was Zillow stopped buying homes. Should you stop buying too? Or something along those lines. Because I know who my audience is. That would scare them to say, if Bill's not buying a house and they're like this multi-million dollar company, I got, you know, minimal, you know, money. Can I afford to, you know, still buy a house, you know, if Zillow can't trust the market, should I trust the market? Got you. Got you. So you how far how much work? It's one thing to have the topic, but how much work is it to come up with the right title? Um, a lot of people say you should think about your title. Remember, YouTube is a search engine. So especially new new YouTubers. They're going to find you via search. So that title is what they're searching for. So if I do a video about down payment assistance, 
down payment assistance is searched on YouTube probably 100,000 times a month, okay? So that title is very important, especially when you're first getting started because that's how they're going to find you initially. So when I'm doing content, I'm thinking of like, okay, I think about a video that I want to do, but then I think, okay, how would it be searched? Um, and I don't even have to do that as much as newer YouTubers because my audience is going to watch my content when it comes out. But if you don't have an audience yet, you're very reliant on search at the very beginning. You're hoping that somebody searches for your topic and finds your video. So your title is very important when you start out. It's a little bit less important as you grow. So you would say have the title before you even do the video. Yes. And I tell new people, don't do videos that people are not searching for. Don't do a video because you just want to do a video. Do a video because somebody, depending on your goal, like if your goal is to get leads, you need to do videos that people are searching for. Okay. If you don't already have an audience. So if I'm a new YouTuber, I want to start my channel. Where would I find the right videos to, to post? Good question. So they have um, companies that tell you how, um, how many times something is searched on YouTube. So there's something called TubeBuddy, T-O-B-E, buddy, like your buddy, your friend. TubeBuddy. Keywords everywhere, keywords, and TubeBuddy is free. Um, keywords everywhere is another one. And um, Google Trends. So Google Trends will tell you um, if things are being searched, what's being searched for that week. So if you want to be on trend as to what's happening, then you would do it you know, that way as well. And you just have to be in the real estate market. What are people you know, looking for in this real estate market? You just need to be up on it. Gotcha. So we're we're planning out the topics and the title. What else is something that helps with the YouTube algorithm to, to generate more views or eyes on your page? The thumbnail. So the thumbnail is that little thing that you see when you're scrolling on YouTube and trying to choose what video you're going to choose. Um, for the most part, especially if you're trying to get your name known, you need to have your face on the thumbnail. You have to have your face on the thumbnail um, my face is pretty much on every thumbnail that I do. And then your expression <laughs> will get people. So if I'm doing a video like, ah, like, you know, surprise. My husband said I have the same face, <laughs> face in most of my videos. It's like the surprise face or should you do this face or like the mad face. Um, but you want a thumbnail that's going to grab their attention because people's attention spans are very low. So if they have a choice between your video, because you know, you're not going to be the first to do something in most cases, right? It's either going to be that you're you have to be first and you'll get attention. You have to be the best or you have to be different. So when you are trying to get seen, if there are three people that did um, best homes in Atlanta, that you have to give them a reason to click on yours before they even, you know, they can't see your content unless they click on your thumbnail. So that thumbnail is very important. They have to want to click on it. So I've seen some terrible thumbnails out there that, you know, people need you to spend time on your title and time on your thumbnail, because if they don't, if you don't come up and search, they're never going to see you. If they don't like your thumbnail, they're not going to click on it. So you have to give them a reason to click on you. I'm not the only person with a down payment assistance video. I'm not the only person with a NACA video. But my videos get more views because in that thumbnail, at least very beginning, 
I'm trying to give them a reason to click on me. Got you. So do you, th what do you, what video do you have has the most views as of right now? Do you know? Right now, and it's so funny. Right now, it's my <laughs> closing cost video. Um, it says closing costs fully explained. Um, it has about 200, 210,000 views on that video. And um, when I say that, that is like, a, that was like my early days. <laughs> like, I didn't know how to edit properly. I didn't know how to take things out. So just, I just do the, I just do the full video. But pe what people like about it is, and one of my strengths is I can explain something. I can make something simplistic. And I think something very complicated, I can make it simple. And I, that's kind of my background because I taught students like these, this complicated content and they're 15 years, 16 years old, you know, and looking at me like, what are you talking about credit? What are you talking about mortgages? What are you talking about investing? And so I had to make it simple so they would understand it. So that's what I bring to my videos. Got you. And in terms of um, in terms of you taking off, like, was that video one that you saw got you more subscribers or it just was able to get you the views? That got me a lot of subscribers. And when I got to 20,000 subscribers, I did a video about my top 20 first time homebuyer tips. That video gets me a lot of subscribers. So that one, my NACA video, my down payment assistance video, and um, those get me the most subscribers. Did I say that? Right? Yeah. So let me go up again. My NACA video, down payment assistance video. Um, well, I keep on forgetting these videos. NACA, down payment assistance, and the top 20 um, things that first-time homebuyers need to know. Those are my, I think, most highly subscribed videos. My highest views, kind of goes together, has my highest views and the most subscribers from those videos. Gotcha. So how often do you look at your analytics to know what's working for your page and not? Every day. And I, I, and I say every day because YouTube has a really good um, app. And so when you put out a video, you automatically know if it's performing or not. And so a lot of YouTubers, they change. Sorry. A lot of YouTubers will change their thumbnail. If it's not performing in that first hour, they change the thumbnail to something else. Because your video, a lot of times, is going out to your subscribers. If your own subscribers aren't clicking on it, then it's not going to perform. So, you know, you get analytics in the first three out, the first hour, then two hours and three hours from YouTube. It'll tell you if it's performing, if it's performing worse um, than your previous videos, if it's, if it's performing about the same or if it's performing better than your previous videos. So if you get videos that are performing better, then that's something that's doing well. The same, that's good. But if you get something that's performing lower than you normally perform, then that's something you want to look into and see why. Got you. So I am a realtor. I want to grow from scratch. Right. I want to grow my YouTube page. What are probably the first two things you suggest I do? You have to choose your niche. You have to. If I didn't have my Atlanta first-time homebuyer base, I would have never gone and blown up, I don't think, like I have. You have to develop a niche in your local market because at that point, you're building the trust, right, in that local market that, okay, this person, and you don't have to be like me. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of agents do very, very well with local YouTube channels, very, very well. Um, so I would say I would focus first on dominating your local area. 
dominate that area. Um, and then what is your niche in that area? Like I was first time homebuyers in Atlanta. Should you be luxury? Should you be um, family? Should you be single? Should you be 55 plus? Should you be people relocating? There are so many various niches within your local area that are not being like right now, YouTube is like a gold rush. And a lot of people are not like, they're not even on a boat to get the gold. <laughs> they're not <laughs> on the boat. They don't have no pan. They don't have nothing. <laughs> so hopefully, and I, and I was telling Kevin earlier where I'm focusing on, you know, doing Facebook groups, doing more interviews so people can kind of, so it can click to them. Um, so they know, okay, these are the tools, like you need this pan and now you need a car to go out and get your gold. So they know what to do. So number one is you need a niche, like you need a niche, niche or niche. I always said niche, but um, so you need that. You need um, that audience that you want to focus on. Let me just say that you want an audience that you want to focus on. Who is your ideal client? And you need to be able to serve them. That's number one. You cannot skip it. Don't skip it. Because if you skip it, you just like every other agent. And what's happening now is people want to people want to know you as different. Like, so people come to me because they're like, oh, I only want to work with you. So it was very hard for me to give them to a team because they've watched me for so long. No, Shahi, I'll, I'll wait. Like I've had people wait from July to September to find me a house in this market because I said I wasn't taking on new clients because they, in their mind, I'm the only person that is capable of helping them because they don't have, they don't see nobody else doing these videos like Shahida Hill is doing these videos, right? So they're in their mind because they're a first time home buyer. I need you. You're the person that I need. So you, more people need to be that person. Oh, I'm buying luxury in Arizona. The only person I'm going to go to is you because I know you are going to give me exactly what I need. And I think a lot of people skip over this. They like, I'm not going to do start doing cooking, cooking videos on my channel or hair videos on my channel, right? Because my audience is very set. I can't veer that far away from it or I'm going to lose them. So you have to have your audience and who you're going, and then you have to start serving that audience. You have to bring as much value to that audience as possible. And you have to do it consistently. That's, that's my second thing. Consistent. It takes eight to 10 videos on YouTube for YouTube to know what kind of channel you are and who to recommend you to. Okay, so you can't get on YouTube, throw up a couple of random videos and then say, why I get no, no subscribers? Because what I'm coming to you for, I'm coming, I've, I've seen realtors that got hair videos on one, <laughs> one thing and then a house tour and then they got, you know, you know, uh, how's the market video. You better be very consistent about what you're talking about or you're going to lose your audience because they don't know what to come to you for. Are you going to give me hair one day? Are you going to give me a house tour the next day? Or are you going to talk about the market the next day? What are you talking about? Um, so you, and you have to be consistent. So eight to 10, so I would, every week I would do a new video in the same you know, topic range, right? To serve your audience. And then um, with that, I was going to say something else. So yeah, consistency is number one. Um, and then I would learn, I would only do videos. This is my third. I would only do videos that people are searching for. Who, what is your audience currently searching for? And make sure you do videos that match that and not video. Cause it's going to be hard for you to rank. And on these sites, the two buddy, the keywords everywhere, all that kind of stuff. It tells you how often that, 
that um, keyword is search and what the level of competition is. If it's high competition, they're likely not going to get traction because, so say for down payment assistance right now, I'm probably going to come up. There's a lot of, you know, other YouTubers that have come up that have a lot of views and that YouTube's algorithm trusts their content. And then here you come with your down payment assistance video. It may not even come up on the first page. It might be like on page three. So now people have to scroll to find you and they're probably not going to scroll to find you. So then you're disappointed because I did a video, like I have a girl <laughs> that does the same video that I do like a week after I do it. I'm not gonna tell who it is, but very similar content down to the numbers. Like you, you know, if I talk about some numbers, she's talking about the same numbers, right? Her videos have like 20 views and my videos have like 10,000, right? Because you're not coming up next to me, right? Because yours is the same content. YouTube already trusts me. They don't trust you yet. The better thing for you to do if you're watching this video, is for you to differentiate your content from mine to say, okay, people are searching for down payment assistance, but are pe some people are ser searching for, um, I don't know, best down payment assistance in Alaska. I don't like be very specific about it. And then you're going to gain traction where YouTube can begin to trust you. Gotcha. Okay. So you answered my next, what was going to be my next <laughs> question. And which was, what if you see a title that someone else has? How well does that perform? But you've answered that. Yeah, don't don't just say they did it. I, I can do the same thing. Remember, I say you have to be better. And even if you're better, when I say my other my close across video is not it's good, but it's not like it's not visually good, right? Um, if you do the same exact title as mine, the subscriber has to say number one, you're not gonna come up on the first page more than likely. Because one thing that YouTube values is they already know that I have a certain amount of likes. I have a certain amount of watch time for that video. That's another thing. Remind me about watch time. I have, I've built credibility where YouTube trusts that if somebody puts in down payment assistant, they will like my video. They don't trust you yet. And until you build trust in the little things, right? Because remember, I built trust on Georgia Dream in Atlanta. And people, they're okay, now people are trusting me. Now people are trusting me. Now I went to the national audience with it. But I had already built up a certain level of trust in my videos with the YouTube algorithm beforehand. Let's talk about watch time. So if you have a 10-minute video, and this is why you don't share videos with people outside your audience. You don't share videos on your Facebook page so your mom and your grandmother and your aunt could watch it. Okay, so if you have a 10 minute video and people begin to watch it and they click off of it into like after one minute or 30 seconds, guess what it says to YouTube? This is not a good video. Whatever the people were searching for, when they clicked on your video, they only watched it for 30 seconds. We're going to stop recommending it. But if they watch at least half or more of your video, YouTube says that must have been a good video for that title. Let me start recommending it to more and more people. So when you like if somebody watches one video of mine, YouTube is going to show them more and more of my videos because they're like, okay, well, this must be something you like in this audience. You need to have YouTube start working for you. Um, and that's how it works for you. If you get a good amount of watch time, you'll be good. Gotcha. So, all right, let's take a different scenario. I am a realtor. I have my YouTube page. Let's say I have 20 videos but none of them are performing well. 
what should I do to change that trend? Go back to who are you serving? Who are you serving in your, who are you serving? I want you to go back to that. So, cause I'm doing a video, um, a video review on somebody's channel. And I looked at her video, just looking at all her thumbnails. I have no idea who she's serving. And that's a problem. So if I look at 20 of your videos and I don't know who your audience is, you probably don't have an audience, right? Because you're all over the place. So the number one thing I'm going to tell her to do is define your audience. Because these videos, I wouldn't subscribe to this because one day you're talking about this, next day you're talking about this. There's no reason for me to subscribe. And then your YouTube can't trust you because you're not getting a whole bunch of views on these videos. So the first thing would be define your audience. On those 20 videos, can somebody who doesn't, has never watched any of your videos, can they, do they know who your audience is by just watch, looking at your thumbnail page? Like, your, you know, you go to your channel and you see all your thumbnails, do they know who your audience is? And then number two is do a deep dive in what your audience, once you define your audience, what is your audience searching for? And then find out, okay, what are they searching for? What do I have the information for that they need? And then start doing videos for them consistently. Yeah, actually. And do you think that your growth is duplicatable, if that's a word? Yes, definitely. Yes. Like, I don't, I, I think I have my strengths, right? Because when I said I came from a teaching background. But I'm not, for example, when I first started, my sister, I got some success. And my sister, who's a makeup artist in New York, right? She says, you need to like, you need to be wearing some different clothes. You need to like, be, you need to boss it up. Like, <laughs> she's like, you need to get some designer stuff. You need to get this, like basically rebrand myself, right? And then I was like, I told my sister, I was like, but that's not me. I said, that's like, that would be an inauthentic version of who I, like I shop at Target. I don't care if I got a hundred thousand dollars. I'm at Target. Um, you know, that's who I am. So authentically, I am going to attract a certain kind of viewer. Sometimes you attract who you are, right? But, so I'm not going to change my channel to say, I'll do luxury today. And then this is what I do. And I think some people are being inauthentic in what they're doing. Cause I could have done that. Like I could have been like, let me just get up for this luxury. Like, let me, because she was like, you need to brand yourself like this and do this, do that. Because you have all these people watching you. But I think being authentic did help. And I think everybody's going to have their own story. Everybody's going to have their own niche that they serve. There's a big niche is not even being catered to. Like I had a, a video blow up. Are you too old to buy a house? That 55 and older niche is like, who is here for us? Okay. If I started a video uh, channel, 55 and up, it would blow up as well because people are looking for who is here for me. I want the most specific person. It's kind of like going to, if you had a brain tumor, right? I'm not going to no generalist. I need to go to somebody who's an expert in this, the kind of tumor that I have. I'm not going to waste my time with any of these other doctors when I know this person is the expert. So once you establish that you're the expert and not trying to like fake around with it, because you can't, you could can be fake for, for so long. Like I probably could have done that for a little while, like pretend that I have <laughs> this type of life. Um, but it's going to fade after a while. So I think the reason why it's duplicatable, because we're all different. And if you bring your, if you bring your uniqueness to it, 
then people will follow that. Like you'll have your tribe, you'll have your community that see, okay, this is what, you know, this is who I need, right? This is who I need to um, represent me. This is this is the kind of agent. This is agent I've been looking for my whole life, right? Because they're, they're looking for you. Right now, I promise you, they can't find you. And the agent that, when I said that she's, you know, copying my videos, if you see me and her, right, and we're doing very similar things, what would make them go from not watch you and after they watch me? Because you might come up. Sometimes you'll come up. If you take somebody's same title, you might come up as the next video suggested to that viewer. But why would they watch you? You have nothing different to offer them. Right. Right. So new, new page consistency and know your audience, know your audience, Audience. know your audience, Um, be consistent. And the last one was make sure that you're doing content that your audience is searching. Got you. And for the person who has the page, go back to who your niche is and who you're serving. Yes. A lot of people don't know. They just want to be like the agent. Like I, I just want to be a real estate agent and serve everybody in, you know, Texas. No, you don't. Got you. So in terms of consistency, what determines when you release a video and how often? Once you're, once you're on YouTube for a while, YouTube will begin to collect data. And sometimes if you don't have enough views, you don't have enough data yet. Like even if you only have a couple of videos, they give you some kind of data to know how that video is doing. But they generally, they'll give you a time that your audience, once they develop who your audience is, they'll say your audience is online during this time. So that's when you should release a video because that's when your audience is most online. And they'll tell you the day and the time. So that's what you should be doing. And then you'll get your own um your own schedule. Once you know your remember, you're working for your audience. Like I work for my audience. My audience is online from five to nine. So my videos generally drop five or six o'clock. Um, so that's when my audience is online. They're not online on Fridays, Saturdays, but Sunday through Thursday, they're online from five to, to nine. So that's when I would drop a video. Those are the days I would put out a video. And, you know, the, the amount of videos you put out, is how much good content you can deliver. Because, you know, some people can't do it consistently and add a lot of value consistently. So at starting out, I would do it, you know, um, sorry, one video a week starting out. So you would say quality over quantity right now. Definitely. Definitely. Because remember that watch time, if they click off of you, YouTube's going to be like, mm, that's trash. That's not recommended. <laughs> so yeah, de- definitely quality over quantity. Okay. And in terms of, I want to see what your thoughts are. Who should have a real a, a YouTube page? Everybody, every agent. Well, I mean, everybody. So, Linda Sue, anybody that wants to grow um, their business without having to chase the business. That okay. makes sense. Because if you give good quality content, they'll come chasing you. So if you're not like, I'm not cold calling, I'm not. I think if you did YouTube consistently and you just worked your sphere of influence, people you already know, like, and trust, then or people that already know, like, and trust you. If you do those two things, you should be consistently a six-figure agent, consistently. 
So I think for anybody who's like tired of chasing, like I've never cold called people. I, I hang up on people that call me about foolishness. So I don't want to be the person that's cold calling somebody. So that's just not in my like, it's not anything that sits well with me. So if you give value, people will search for you. You don't have to go searching for them. So if you're tired of searching for business and you want business to come to you, you should have a YouTube channel. Gotcha. Who should not have a YouTube channel? People that aren't willing to give it some work. Like it is not going to be that you put up one video and you're like, oh, I didn't get no leads. Like you have to put in, like you need to be willing to do it consistently for at least six months consistently. So every week, a video, um, you know, strategizing, not just no random video, but videos consistently every week for six months and you will be successful. Gotcha. So I heard you mention that you have a uh, Facebook group. Could you tell us a little bit about it? So yeah, I just started a Facebook group because a lot of people are asking me, like, How'd you do it? How'd you, what I need to do? How do, how do I do what you do, basically? So I started a Facebook group and I'm going to have a course that's coming out. But the Facebook group right now is Local Celebrity Real Estate Agent. And I thought about that is because I think in the next five years with more people just going away from like, they're going toward technology more than they're going to, oh, who'd you use as your realtor? They want to almost know you ahead of time. So you're going to have to become like this you know, celebrity online, even if it's your local celebrity. Like, I want you to go in public and be like, Shahida Hill, right? Because <laughs> they saw you on YouTube. So local celebrity real estate um, YouTube agent is the name of the group. I'm going to provide Kevin with a link for it. But that's, if you want to connect with me or get started or get some questions answered, that'd be the best thing for you. Cool. And you say you also have a home buyer's course. Yeah, I do have a first time home buyers course for anybody that's interested in that. They can find the, the links are in all of my videos. Um, and also I have a Facebook group. If you just put in Shahida Hill, first time home buyer, Shahida Hill, you'll find my first time home buyers Facebook group. Gotcha. And we'll also add the link to this video as well. All right. Thank you. Cool, cool. No problem. So listen, this has been eye opening, and I know there's a ton more of information we can get. So listen, if you're interested in starting a YouTube page, um, definitely click the link in this video to join Shahida's group and definitely follow her on social media, uh, preferably YouTube. Can you tell us what your YouTube page is one more time? It is Shahida Hill Real Estate. So Shahida Hill Real Estate, Shahida spelled S-H-A-H-E-E-B-A-H, Shahida Hill Real Estate. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Shahida. This is Kevin Jefferson with the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening and be sure to follow Kevin on Instagram at The People's Lender. We'll see you here next time on Real Estate Proverbs with Kevin Jefferson.